wash your hands with soap for at least 20 seconds and wear a mask. Such reminders have become ubiquitous since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hospitals are supposed to be the flag bearers of hygienic practices to curb the spread of infectious diseases. Today, we'll ask if public hospitals in India are hygienic. I'm your host Abhishek and this week on Research Radio, we'll speak to Payal Hathi and Nikhil Shrivastav about how caste-based discrimination by savarnas negatively affects the health of patients. and leads to exploitative work conditions for hospital cleaners. Payal Hathi is with the Research Institute for Compassionate Economics, RICE, and is a graduate student at the University of California, Berkeley in the US. Nikhil Shrivastav is also with RICE and Research and Action for Health in India, RAHI. I've shared a link to the article we'll be discussing in the description of this podcast, and just a disclaimer, this research was conducted before the pandemic started. Thanks so much for joining us Nikhil and Payal. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you Abhishek for having us. Uh thank you. Uh thank you for having us. So could you start by taking us to one of the hospitals that you focused on and perhaps how areas were divided, what the crowd size was like and more? Every facility we visited was pretty different. I think in terms of crowd size like definitely the larger district hospitals were very crowded and the smaller CHCs PHCs were not crowded at all. I think though that the main thing that we noticed across all of these facilities was this like, you know, this real emphasis on making sure that the facility looks clean. But like looking a little bit deeper, spending time with the cleaners um and talking just with with different levels of staff people, um it became very clear that this kind of surface level cleaning is not not the same thing as better care for patients um because of the way that the work of patient care is being done um you know when we arrived there's a district hospital um in Uttar Pradesh that we went to we were not in, allowed inside one of the wards um the kind of general ward which was sort of out of the ordinary we were told that a government official was there from outside and then we went to the maternity ward and saw the same thing with many families sort of just sitting outside on the ground and the doors closed um and we learned that these were all attendants of patients who had been kicked out of the ward because cleaning was happening inside. And so among those attendants there were several newborn babies who had already been separated from their mothers for several hours. Um and then when we were finally let in the ward was incredibly clean and you know smelling fresh and all that. Um but some of the mothers were kind of complaining about how hungry they were. I don't know, it was just in this instance for the sake of this visiting official cleanliness seemed to be such a priority that it came even at the expense of mothers and babies who had come to the hospital for care. You know, there's this awareness of what a clean facility is supposed to look like, but the behaviors, the practices, professional cooperation, these things are sort of difficult to observe. Like every facility or like even outside the hospitals, every institution has a schedule and so do uh, public hospitals in in North India. but when you go there early in the morning the the place is really filthy and then around 10 o'clock when the in charge is going to come on round all of the cleaning is happening right before that and then all of the patients attendants uh, get kicked outside the hosp- uh, the the ward so that the this in charge can see that like so can see that there is nobody inside the rooms but as soon as the uh, the round ends this person's round ends the facility starts to degrade over time very quickly and by the evening the whole facilities or like most of these facilities look like uh, filled up with trash and all of the attendants are inside the rooms and like having two patients on the bed and one on the ground is a very common sight in these like overcrowded public hospitals and all of these patients with maybe like two or three of the attendants makes these facilities very 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 crowded and 
very difficult to uh, for infection control and like it's also the the lack of resources which is playing out out in there uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh, there was an instance where after one of your interviews authorities cleaned the hospital in a matter of hours can you tell me more about this and uh, maybe other ways that your presence as researchers impacted caspe's hierarchies and hygiene in the hospital this was one of the first hospitals actually that we had visited um it was quite early on a sunday morning and we i guess made the mistake of starting to ask right away uh, questions about the trash pile there was a large trash pile outside of one of the wards um it was i think the general ward because it was quite shocking to see so much hospital waste including you know needles and iv bags and kind of bloodied cloth and all these things just kind of lying on the ground um people were throwing their food on the ground there was an elderly man sort of kind of eating his food very close to that um there were toilets very close to that also and feces on the ground um and then and then we walked into the ward and it was incredibly packed you know and it was quite difficult to walk through we were trying to get to the nurses station to talk with them and and notice sort of that there was like not very much gl- gloves weren't being used there was a doctor there who said you know you guys are going to catch something you shouldn't be here um and so anyway so we went we went back that evening and you know the trash was certainly all gone we went back the next day and it was clear that like there was this massive cleaning effort underway um machines sort of mopping the floor uh, you know the day before we had been able to speak with some of the cleaners um some of the staff but the second day when we got back when the cleaning was happening just to try to understand like is this a normal process like maybe this happens every week but it people were not comfortable talking with us anymore at that point so you know certainly i think we had made people uncomfortable by asking these questions and and you know at another hospital um in bihar we were talking with a delivery room cleaner um and about 5 minutes into the interview a man kind of interrupted and started hovering near us uh and so we're trying to ask him like hey you know can we speak with her um and finish our conversation and he said why are you speaking with her why don't you speak with one of the staff so you'll actually understand something and so she said you know they're speaking to me about cleaning and he kind of asked us like do you know what post that she's in and and she said yes they know that i'm a, I'm a sweeper um and again he sort of told us go speak with a staff person and you know that is for our own good that he's telling us it was it was in- incredibly demeaning to this woman um and then a couple of minutes later she was asked um by one of the nurses to you know stop talking to us and come come back even though we had gotten permission to speak with her it was like sort of surprising to see that uh people's behavior did change when uh we were around like these urban people coming from the cities those are like not the a common scene in like a public hospital ward the sort of patients that are uh, seen there are coming from a relatively uh, weaker background economic background and uh, so people could tell that these outsiders are here and they are seeing things so they don't know so their behavior did change in terms of hygiene so the hospital did get clean in the evening when we went there and that on the second day as pile said that uh, there was a massive cleaning drive going on in the hospital but something that was really really surprising was that people's behavior in terms of interacting with the cleaners the caste hierarchies and the hierarchy within the hospitals those behaviors didn't really change which tells a lot about how internalized these things are and people don't even see that uh, they shouldn't be doing this in front of outsiders or people who are coming into to the hospital so it did like uh, reflect on to us and like told us that uh, look like how what are the priorities of of, of the staff in the hospitals right could you elaborate on how understandings of dirt purity and pollution among hospital staff affect efforts by hospital authorities to keep patients 
cleaners and other hospital members safe and healthy in other words what is missed when hygiene is framed as a solely logistical problem yeah uh, so this reminds me of uh, this really nice person we we met in one of the uh, district hospitals in mp he Uh, he's the head pathologist like i mean the microbiologist in the hospital and it is his job to be doing infection control for the hospital it was like really early in the morning 8ish uh, we had showed up in the hospital and he was the first one to be present there like uh, so it clearly shows that he was very dedicated and towards his job but while we were sitting with him he he pulled out this like a uh, stash of slides and started a uh, treating them with heat like by uh, uh, putting fire uh, below it when we asked him like what is what are you doing he said these are like tb samples and i'm testing if these samples are tb positive or not all the time to our surprise he was not wearing gloves and uh, in a few minutes after uh, he was done with this he tossed the previous day's slide outside the window later in the conversation when we asked him uh, are you not scared about catching infection and you don't wear gloves and his response was like bindas rehna chahiye if uh, see me i've been working here for 35 years and uh, if i worry too much i think i'll catch something but if i leave things up to the god i i will be fine and see me i'm i have been fine for uh, so long 35 years of my job this clearly shows how people overlook the germ theory of disease and this is the person who's whole training has been on the germ theory of disease and he is the person in the hospital responsible for infection control although he is a really nice person a very soft spoken person a really really dedicated person for his job and that was the reason why he showed up uh, really early in the morning to the hospital uh, but when it comes to adherence to the germ theory of disease uh, he for some reason is not uh, taking it seriously and putting his life and uh, the life of other people at risk you know this relationship between just casteism and patient safety it became clear once we started talking to the cleaners um you know there's there's of course these supply issues that sort of prevent um cleaners from doing their jobs properly and even protective gears for for them for their own selves that kind of prevent them from spreading anything but the second problem i don't know is is in the article we call it this task shifting thing um cleaners are sort of always asked to do tasks that are meant to be done by other staff members so we saw cleaners putting in catheters changing iv bottles one cleaner we met um she told us that she delivers babies pretty regularly and you know their their sort of low position in the social hierarchy means that they find it difficult to say no when they're asked to do these things so you know not only are untrained staff members caring for patients but it's also that their own cleaning work then kind of doesn't happen as it needs to and you know these these casteist notions of purity and pollution mean that like nobody is going to actually do the work that the cleaner has to do and they are even though they are constantly being asked to do other work and so you know the the cleaning work sort of gets left behind i think another another kind of telling case was uh, another man that we met um in uttar pradesh uh, he was a retired cleaner actually who was working um we met him in the burn unit actually like without gloves dressing people's wounds kind of cleaning the floor with this kind of blackish water but you know as we were talking to him we learned that he is responsible and you know that the reason that he had been called back is because there was nobody to come and take care of the patients who are like homeless and that have no one to take care of him take care of them and and so he took us to the room where these patients were staying and you know it was it was there's urine and feces all over the floor like one man had almost no clothes on a woman was sleeping with no mattress on one of the beds you know and i think 
it's clear like he's being asked to work with these particular patients because you know there's just a lot of human fluids and like these are the these are the jobs that are passed on to cleaners because um these casteist beliefs sort of prevent people of higher caste from even being willing to do that type of work so i think i think framing hygiene as just a logistical problem is you know missing these these relational dynamics that create a situation that even even if we had all the supplies in the world um cleaning sometimes isn't going to happen with these kinds of dynamics these casteist um responsibility breakdowns that's you know neither good for the the cleaners or staff or or patients yes yes and you write that quote a doctor in madhya pradesh explained that if he could not find a cleaner the dirtiness will stay end quote can you expand on the caste hierarchy within hospitals and the role that the family unit plays in restricting social and labor mobility you know there's this attitude that we found everywhere um this like sabka kaam alag hai that we can't do anyone else's work although this really in reality only really applies to the work of a cleaner um and many people told us that like if there's no cleaner available they'll simply keep that dirtiness there they'll just wait till the cleaner can be found um so in smaller facilities this sometimes meant even waiting overnight um at bigger places people also mentioned to us that since cleaners sort of live with other individuals of the same caste you know within their family or their community they would just go and find a cleaner um which sort of means anyone of the same caste it's it's this this understanding of cleaners as sort of interchangeable among their caste um also this belief that no training is needed for these people you know that just by being a person of that caste you can and should be able to do this cleaning work i don't know one of the most hard hitting quotes that we heard from this cleaner in bihar he sort of said you know that you know what training do we have you know we were we were asking him about the training that they receive and he said we don't receive training like our our people are of low caste and from childhood this is our training sort of we've been doing this since we were young and so like how what what other training is there yeah i feel like his his quote tells us a lot and like he's echoing what uh, his higher officials have been like treating him with uh, so in the officials as well like there aren't very many trainings for uh, cleaners and like you need special training to be able to uh, do infection control in the hospital but because they are seen as like uh, as this is their job and this is what they have been doing uh, since the childhood they are uh, they have like good enough resources and knowledge of uh, to be able to control infections and it also shows like how uh, maybe like i'm jumping ahead uh, of myself but just to mention it like uh, in short uh, in a bit here that uh, like most of the focus in hospital hygiene is on visible cleanliness cleanliness and not infection control so if the goal is to achieve visible cleanliness these people have been doing it for a very long time since their childhood that's enough but if we want to reduce infections in hospitals and save lives then they should be given some training and which isn't the case right right and and something that i found quite interesting in in the article is is how you mentioned that hospital cleaners often denied that discrimination was even taking place despite everything that you've shared so far even so nurses and doctors expected that all the cleaning and sorting of and segregation of medical waste would be done by the cleaners how did um, how did cleaners perceive this yeah there you know i remember there's a um a cleaner in up he he started saying no no there's no discrimination but then like immediately went on to talk to us about how you know he won't sit down with other staff and definitely not on a chair like maybe on a stool if at all um and that like 
by sitting on the same level, it would cause other people to feel bad once they found out what his caste was. So there's definitely this like internalization of the rules of the system that are kind of just followed because that's the way that things are done. Um, I think without recognizing that these are rules that are sort of meant to be oppressive. I don't know. And many, many cleaners talked about their fears of infection, for sure. You know, that they're worried about their families when they go home from doing work like this, but also just this kind of hopelessness. There isn't anybody to talk to or ask or do anything. No one is going to do anything about this. Many of them talked about how it's very difficult to even think about getting any other kind of a job. This is the only thing they've ever done. They're not educated. But, you know, like many, many were also expressing the sentiment that they don't want their kids to be doing the same work. Um, but, you know, overall, also just trying to just do a good job for the patients who they feel they're working to take care of also. I remember two instances which, like, explain this uh, this part quite well, maybe. One was uh, this person who is a cleaner in a small PHC. Uh, he remembered his first day when he, he, he went to, the, to get his job. Uh, this friend of him or a relative of him took him to uh, the Bada Sahab where... Uh, he just squatted on the ground and this must have been like around in the early 80s or late late 80s or something like he's an old man now uh, he he was saying that like that day i was told by this person who has introduced me to the bada sahab and has got me this place to work uh, he told me that never uh, forget what your place is never sit at the same level as the other staff do so always either sit on the ground or have a dedicated stool where no one else sits uh, on. And when we go to the public hospital, uh, hospitals or like other public offices, like what people call them fourth class uh, employees, which is a demeaning thing. And now I think the government has taken a step to change that name by saying like all purpose employees or something like that. So they have a separate place to be sitting in. So this shows like how it has been internalized by the oppressed. And then the other instance, which I recall is from uh, another big CHC uh, in Bihar, where a head nurse who was uh, a young lady in like in her early 20s told us that uh, when we asked her if like people, uh, when they are lunch, doing lunch, do they eat together or not? And she said, yeah, yeah, we all come together and eat. And then we prompted if cleaners also come together and eat with them. Uh, and she said, no, no, uh, you know what their caste is and uh, they know their place. They won't come inside and even if we call them they won't come inside so there is this like uh, uh, knowledge and uh, internalization of the caste hierarchical rules both accepted by the oppressed and uh, the oppressor on the surface they would say that no no we can all mingle but neither would want to break those rules and uh, if the oppressed breaks those rules there are clear ramifications of being kicked out by the jo- uh, out of the job and uh, all of these other uh, issues that one could say uh, could face Right, right. I was also trying to understand if some of the behaviours and actions by doctors and nurses might have played a role in the level of uncleanliness that cleaners had to deal with. Because you've written in the article uh, where there was an assumption that cleaners would always clean and there was this nurse who did not even bother to segregate waste. Uh, This would then fall on cleaners who would have to go through this uh, waste with their bare hands or with very limited safety equipment. Could you elaborate on uh, on this uh, practice by uh, doctors and nurses and how that impacted uh, the level of cleanliness in hospitals? Yeah, so uh, the actions of uh, the doctors and uh, nurses they clearly show the caste hierarchies and like as uh, as as we have written in the article and you mentioned that the waste like so when you step in the hospitals nowadays there is this like poster which shows black bin, blue bin, red bin, yellow bin, black bin is for general waste, yellow bin is for biohazard waste, 
and uh, blue bin is perhaps for uh, plastic waste. And then that's like waste segregation is happening and like we are working towards a clean environment and also protecting everyone's lives. But in practice, it, all this is not happening. Like although there are all of these bins uh, present in the hospital, but on a regular day-to-day -day basis, everything goes in them, like including the needles, the empty injection vials or uh, the IV bottles and the pipes. Uh, so, and the body fluids and like uh, uh, swabs and everything would go in every bin. It will not get segregated. Then uh, it's expected that somebody, either the cleaner in the hospital would segregate it or uh, someone else at the biohazard plant, uh, bio waste plant would segregate it. So uh, sometimes what ends up happening uh, is that because uh, sometimes the you can sell the IV bottles to the Kabadiwala for a good price, uh, some cleaners would end up like uh, picking them up and then selling them to the Kabadiwala, making some money out of it. Sometimes it would like go straight to the uh, bio waste plant. We also visited a bio waste plant where uh, the plant operator, the manager, was getting some really like poor people who again were of uh, which is seen to be uh, the cleaning community asking them to segregate the needles and then uh, the iv bottles in order to like sell it to the kabadiwala to make some money off of it so this is like one behavior which uh, shows like the clean hier clear hierarchy yeah the thing that that i was thinking of was not so much from nurses and doctors but from from other just people in the hospital um, many of the cleaners that we spoke to talked about how you know people treat it as if it's just some outside space that's not their own home like even though they're going to be here for several days they will just throw the trash on the floor and um, rather than trying to take care of the space they're in for their own patient for the other patients um, they know that we're there to clean it up and so they'll just throw the trash out the window or leave their food on the floor or um and I remember one one woman told us um, how she had tried to ask uh, some of the families that like, please, can you just, you know, just take it and throw it in that garbage can over there? And they got very upset at her that like, you know, who are you to ask us this? And you know, we'll behave as we want to behave. Like you shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be able to ask us this. And so that type of like, I don't know, just kind of dismissiveness of of this person as like who cares about what your work is like you know we, we can behave as we want and you just do the work and then like also uh this like this fact of no training for cleaners and when you ask somebody uh that uh can you not teach them how to uh, make sure that is in uh, make sure that infection control is happening the response would be they are not educated they cannot understand things and that's why like this is how things uh, go like that very fact clearly shows what the place cleaners have in this whole hierarchical system. The, on this infection control point, I think we also learned that in many of these facilities, it's it's not the cleaners who go for the infection control cleaning. It's like, I remember in one facility, it was like the lab manager who went, and then it was his responsibility to communicate that to the cleaners rather than just training the cleaners directly since they would be the ones in charge of this exactly what Nikhil is saying they were not seen as being able to understand and so like don't you know don't waste the training on them train someone who will understand and then hopefully it will sort of trickle down to them and then the lab technician would say that uh the i cannot teach them because they are uneducated and they don't understand 
which isn't true like poor people uneducated people it's not that they cannot understand it's like you have to put a little more effort and if we see the behavior of the health staff the higher up the really educated ones i remember a doctor uh, one of the pediatrician we walked into his room and he said uh, asked him like uh, do you not wear mask or gloves when you are uh, in the opd and he said i can tell when somebody is walking in the room if the person has infection or not that's if the argument of not being able to understand the germ theory of disease it applies to the really well educated people as well so we should be seeing cleaners and everyone as human beings and as people who have brains and can understand and we have to like have the language that is easy to understand and like reinforce it again and again and that's the whole job of the hospital administration right right and and one of your interlocutors a cleaner said that quote there is no one who is willing to speak you must understand if i speak up then they would think i'm being an activist and i would be the first to go to be fired out of fear no one speaks end quote could you expand on issues of precarious employment and contractual labor and maybe how all these goals of 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 making delivery safer enabling cleaners with already enshrined uh, labor rights and removing caste based occupational restrictions be achieved how can these goals be combined yeah i mean this definitely was a big issue we saw you know more and more cleaning jobs are being outsourced to these private contractors um which is problematic for a lot of reasons they pay less there's lots of delayed payments um again no training at all um and it sort of creates this two-tiered system of cleaners because there are some cleaners who are there who are government employees and then there's these new newer employees who are contract employees and so you know it's different per state um like which of the problems are most important like in i think in mp many of the cleaning jobs had been cut um but lots of payment and lots of payment delays for the people who are there I think in Bihar we noticed that there were inconsistent wages even between cleaners in the same hospital. In UP we found a facility that had no cleaners at all and so the dyes were sort of doing the cleaning work with no pay. Um and then another facility where a cleaner I think just in the few days before had told had been told that you're not going to be paid for the past month of your work and if you want to stay you can stay or you can leave like just kind of casting them out as you know well sorry there's nothing we can do about this and so and and the you know the differences between contract workers and government workers is also pretty stark like the amount of money the contract workers i think we found between 1500 and 7000 or so per month like paid daily so you know if they get sick or something obviously they, they don't get paid there's no job security whereas government employees are receiving 20000 25000 a month with job security so you know some people I think told us that this is a better system this contract system because it really gets cleaners to show up and do the work but then there's also this animosity obviously between government and um contract cleaners and that obviously negatively you know it has an impact on the work um and and I think I think many of these cleaners the contract cleaners are like sort of staying in the job for this promise of like maybe if I stay long enough if I do a little bit more I will get this permanent job but given this general trend of moving towards these contractual kind of things it doesn't seem very promising but you know that that cleaner that you quoted um he was actually telling us about how he is scared of infection because of this lack of protective gear and that's that's what he was talking about in terms of not being able to speak up some some cleaners get sick you know within a few days of starting work but many can go you know for years without getting sick and it was really interesting there was like a passerby as we were talking he was listening in on our conversation and he started saying you know 
cleaners only come for a few hours a day and then they leave, but patients have to stay for stay in the hospital for several days at a time. And the cleaner interjected and said, well, you know, we do the dirtiest of the dirty work and we come every day of the month. And, you know, this cleaning work itself is quite dirty. And, you know, just this passerby's comment just made it so clear that, you know, these cleaners, their work is just not seen as important. And then that lack of importance sort of influences how risky people think the work is. So, you know, I think, I think if this work is seen as more important um, and cleaners are sort of given more respect, more properly taken care of, it will sort of help both of these issues, these labor issues and, and the health risk issues. Uh, like I remember uh, uh, a signboard in, uh, in a protest that I re- recently went in, it said, uh, more rights to others does not mean less rights to you. So here uh, in this situation of like uh, uh, making a better delivery experience for mothers and then also giving uh, more rights to uh, cleaners they are not at like uh, they are not contesting each other and like if if at all anything would come out of it it would be beneficial for 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 mothers who are delivering in the hospitals uh, they won't catch more infections like the nfhs shows us that uh, more and more women are catching infections and uh, that would overall uh, reduce morbidity and mortality which is the goal of the government and uh, yeah right right and and what were the inequalities among cleaners i mean were there certain tasks that were assigned unequally based on gender and caste especially since there are hierarchies even within these large even within large caste categories many people told us that um other castes are now doing this work. Um, it's not just Dalits. And, but we, we did not find any cleaners who were non-Dalits. And I think even within that, there, was, there are some cleaners who, are like, who won't do anything but jadu pocha. Um, like they're not going to go and clean the latrines. They're not going to go and be in the delivery room cleaning up the blood. Um, and I, that is sort of breaks down by subcaste, um, who is actually kind of delegated to do that work. And the other, uh, d- like, uh, basis of delegation of work was the Pakka and Kacha employees. So Pakka employees would be uh, those who are on the government roles and Kacha are the contractual workers. Of course, contractual workers will have to work harder. And uh, as Payal mentioned a little while ago, that they do that uh, in the hope that they would one day become a Pakka employee like this other person in the hospital and get the same perks and would not will not have to do this. Uh, similar kind of hard work and filthy work. Right, right. And and the last question that I want to leave you both with is, uh, what are the unanswered questions that you continue to investigate in your future work? Yeah, um, you know, a better understanding of how antibiotics are being used in maternity wards. We did, as Nikhil mentioned, try to follow the waste at the hospitals. Like, where is this bio-waste going? You know, and we, we found that the workers are working in pretty terrible conditions. And so sort of learning more about who they are how is this work of handling bio-waste done and what does that mean for sort of infectiousness at a, at a hospital and just more broadly? I think those are questions we definitely want to learn more about. But again, sort of more focused on these casteist notions and what they're really doing to health provision. I think that's kind of the deeper, the deeper question. That's, that sounds quite interesting. Um, I just want to thank you both for coming on the show and uh, we covered a lot of ground and I think we went above and beyond the work that you published in EPW. Thank you, Abhishek, for having us. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having us.
One thing that stuck out to me was the concept of task shifting, where cleaners would be made to do the work of Savarna doctors and nurses, but the work of cleaners would not be done by doctors and nurses. There were a lot more insights from the article that we didn't get to fully cover, and I do recommend reading the entire article published by EPW, and I've shared a link to it in the description of this podcast. Next week, we'll speak to Poonam Kathuria and Jagoda Rana about the role of the public healthcare system in addressing domestic violence based on their organization's work in villages in Gujarat's Patan district. This is a unique initiative and there's a lot for us to discuss. Do subscribe and tune in if the topic sounds interesting to you. Take care and I'll see you in a week.